Good morning. Let us pray. Lord, we ask you to bless this time. Father, would you teach us through your word by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. An article in the January edition of Premier Christianity magazine was titled 2020, the year of evangelism. And the main thrust of the article was really around the great hope of, for breakthrough in the year of 2020. There was all sorts of strategies planned across many church denominations to share the gospel. There was speakers booked and arenas booked and all sorts of campaigns to try and train people to share the gospel at home and in the workplace. And there was prayer campaigns and the Alpha course had geared up to try and support all this and shepherd all these new believers in the faith. And there was this great hope. People were starting to talk about revival. And there was a great expectation that the Lord really was going to do something in 2020. And it was only weeks later after that article that coronavirus hit and life for all of us changed beyond our imagination. And I remember thinking early in lockdown, well, so much for the year of evangelism. And I think a lot of people thought that as well. But as time went on, statistics started to appear to show that actually God was doing something. Bible sales in the UK were up by 55% at the beginning in the early times of lockdown. And 25% of people had accessed an online church service as opposed to 6% who go physically. And the Alpha course really exploded in popularity as it moved from being in a physical setting to being online. It experienced massive demand. People were really hungry for God and they were beginning new Alpha courses at an unprecedented rate. And it was a great reminder to us as Christians, all of us, that as we plan things evangelistically speaking, that actually it's the Lord's work. The Lord is the one who takes the gospel to the ends of the earth and he uses us but that he leads and we follow. And the book of Acts is all about that. It's all about his ongoing work, which is still unfinished, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And in doing that, the Lord stirs up the church and he stirs up the community for, um, he stirs up the church to share the gospel. He stirs up the community to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Recently in Bangor Parish, we've been stirred up to launch the We Are With You campaign. And the desire behind that is to reach out to the community to communicate Christ's hope to the world. We're doing it through prayer. We're doing 40 days of prayer. We're doing it through 4,000 letters, which are soon going to be delivered to the homes in the parish. And those letters really contain the hope of Christ. They talk about clothing and food for people who are in need. And there's a prayer line where people can get connected to hope. And our hope is that we can come alongside people and that they will see and get to taste something of the Lord in what we do. In Acts 8, the passage that we looked at today, we really see a model of being spirit-led people. And Philip at the centre of that is a spirit-led man. And I think we're going to be able to see as we think about going out to the passage, uh, to the parish, we're going to learn from this passage some things. We're going to learn not to be fearful. We're going to learn that as spirit-led people, we should be humble, but also that there's a time for us to be bold. And we're going to learn that the gospel that we have is a gospel that's for everyone.
So the passage begins with Philip in Samaria and he's experiencing a great revival and the Holy Spirit is really at work and many people are coming to faith and there's signs and wonders being performed and Philip's a central figure in this but he gets a call from the Lord to go to a place called the Desert Road. Now the Desert Road ran between Jerusalem in the north and Gaza in the south and there was actually at that time two roads that went between those two places. There was one road which was the direct route and there was another road which was a sort of what we would call the back road, the long way round. So it was the road that was less travelled by and that was the place that Philip was called to. It was a desolate, lonely place and it could have been a place that was fearful because it might have been inhabited by bandits and be a place that was dangerous. But it's interesting in the book of Acts that Luke doesn't record any hesitation by Philip at all. He just hears what the Lord asks him to do and he goes. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. The Spirit-led life is a call to surrender our own fears and our own preferences and our own desires and to faithfully follow where the Lord is leading us. One person that did that was a, a girl called Jackie Pullinger who, whenever she was 22 years old in 1966, felt that the Lord had called her as a missionary to Hong Kong. When she arrived in Hong Kong, she went to a place called the Walled City and she got a job as a primary school teacher there. Now the Walled City's name in Chinese means darkness in English. And it really was a place of darkness because the police wouldn't go there and, and so it had become a home for crime and drug abuse and prostitution. And Jackie talks in her book about walking the streets of this place and how fearful she was because it was a dangerous place. And the temptation would have been to pack up and go home at that stage but Jackie knew also that she was not to be afraid. Today the walled city is no more, it's gone. But the missionary society that Jackie founded, called the St. Stephen Society, is still there, still preaching the gospel, still sharing the gospel and seeing people come to faith and still seeing people set free from drug addiction. It's a really powerful story of how God works powerfully through spirit-led people who are willing to go and who are willing to not be overcome by fear. Now we're not all called to go to Hong Kong, but we might be called to go across the street or to talk across the fence to a neighbour about Jesus. And I know for me, sometimes the call and the nudge of the Spirit to go and do those things can evoke feelings of fear. And I have resisted the Lord a lot of times because of fear. But Jesus' most frequent command to us in Scripture is, to be not, is not to be afraid. He says, do not be afraid. Because when we step out to go, he goes with us. And he says he will be with us until the end of the age. So the first lesson is not to be afraid. The second thing that we learn from the passage with Philip is that we are to go in humility, Christ-like humility. So Philip's on the desert road and the, the chariot comes past and the Spirit says to Philip, go and join the chariot and run alongside it. So Philip's running alongside and he can hear the man's reading from the prophet Isaiah. In those days, the practice was that if you were reading, even if you were alone, you would have read out loud. And it's interesting here that Philip begins his interaction with this man by listening. 
And that humility is what we want to take away from that bit of the passage is that as we go out, we want to be people who come alongside people and listen. If we seek to reach them for Jesus, we've got to understand what's going on with them. We've got to hear from them first and look and pray and listen to the Spirit and see what the Spirit's saying to us about how to interact with them. What is it that God wants us to say to them in that moment? And if we go in with both feet, we'll never hear any of that. So we want to approach humbly like, like Jesus. There's a story of a, a barber who gets gloriously saved at an old time revival meeting. And he comes into work the next day and he's just itching to share the gospel or to, to reach, reach somebody with the faith. And his first customer comes in and sits down and he wants to shave. And the barber gets the razor out and he's shaving the man's throat. And as he has the razor at the man's throat, he can't hold it in any longer and he... He just fires out the words, are you prepared to meet your God? And of course this man was petrified and probably did everything he could to get out of the place. And that's the exact opposite of what we want to do. We want to go alongside these people with humility and respect and be people who listen. And it bears fruit for Philip because when he interacts with the eunuch, he asks him, do you understand what you're reading? And the man says, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? And he eventually ends up inviting Philip to come up and sit in the carriage beside him. And that's what happens when we're humble. People, people's defences come down and they realise that we're listening to them. And they invite us to come alongside them. And maybe we get an opportunity to witness to them. So having overcome fear and being people of humility... The next thing that we learn from the passage is that there is a time for us to be bold. So Philip's in the carriage with the Ethiopian man and he realises that the man is looking at Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 53 is a passage that's often referred to as the suffering servant. Some people call it the gospel of the Old Testament because it, it was written 150 years or so before Jesus' birth. But it so clearly describes Jesus that it's a great opportunity a great place for Philip to 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 begin a gospel presentation as Christians we know that the suffering servant was Jesus but the Ethiopian man didn't know that Philip would have known it but the Ethiopian man wouldn't have known that and he was asking he said to Philip tell me please is the prophet talking about himself or someone else and it says Philip begins at that very passage and shares the good news of Jesus Christ and really what this is, is it reminds us of, of what Peter says, is that we need to be a people who are always ready to give an answer to anyone who asks for us to give the reason for the hope that we have. We need to be people who are trained by the Spirit, who seek to be people who know the Word of God, who are ready to share the gospel when we get the opportunity, who understand how the gospel links to certain passages of scripture. If we lack wisdom, we can ask for it. If we lack a passion for God's word, we can ask God to, to give us a passion for his word. We can ask the Father who gives us all things, but to be spirit-led people, we wanna be people who are seeking after these things. So it comes now to the time for Philip to be bold because he's gotta share the gospel, he's gotta be clear. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to share the gospel with anyone, but it can be a nerve-wracking experience and it can be difficult in that moment to know exactly what to say. 
So we've got to be prepared. We've got to know the gospel. So what is the gospel? Well, we've got to share some facts about the gospel, first of all. We've got to share that, first of all, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And that includes everyone. So there's no real hierarchy of sin in that. It's just that all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and we're all infected with it. And we've got, to, we've got to tell people that God is a holy God, that there's a penalty for sin and, and the penalty for sin is death. People need to know this. It is part of the gospel. But then we've got, also got to tell them of, of Jesus Christ, the Son of God sent to be crucified for the sins of the world so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And these are the gospel facts that Jesus was lived a perfect life and died in our place and was resurrected in the eternal life and we will be resurrected with him if we believe in him as the son of God and whenever we've explained those facts to people we've got to give them an opportunity to respond so we've got to make an invitation and Jesus makes many invitations in scripture and we can use one of those one one particularly beautiful one is in Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 where Jesus says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will, you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it takes boldness to proclaim the facts of the gospel to make the invitation and then we've got to understand that actually the outcome is between whoever we've spoken to and God. We don't need to press for some sort of resolution. We just need to play our part which is to join in what the Lord's doing in this person's life tell them the gospel facts and support them if they have come to faith but we don't want to pressure them after that because the work is of the Holy Spirit we see that Luke did share the gospel with this man he did come to faith and as the passage goes on we see that he asked to be baptised and Luke baptises or Philip baptises him and he goes down into the water and comes up and Philip's taken away and the man goes on his way rejoicing. And this is the last thing I think the passage can teach us is that the gospel is for everyone. This man had come from Ethiopia. It's about 1,200 miles away. He was on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to learn more about God. He had this scroll. He somehow wanted to worship the God of Israel. But he must have encountered a blockage when he got to Jerusalem because Mosaic law prohibited a eunuch from entering the temple. So there's this sense that the man's leaving Jerusalem. He's still confused as to who the identity of the suffering servant is. He's still asking questions. He's probably encountered an obstacle in his pursuit of God in, in Jerusalem. And he comes together with Philip who preaches the good news to him. And part of that scroll of Isaiah that the, the Ethiopian man would have been reading would have contained uh, the Lord's message to, to, to the, the eunuchs. And this is possibly why he was so interested in this scroll. Just a little further on in the scroll, it says, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name, better than the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. I think this eunuch was on a, 
a mission. He was on a, a pilgrimage because he was longing to belong. He wanted to belong to the family of God and he didn't know how. And he met Philip and Philip explained. And the man says to him, what is to stop me from being baptised? And I just love to imagine that Philip looked at him and said, absolutely nothing. And Philip takes him down into the water and baptises him. And the man is included in the family of God. The gospel is for absolutely everyone. There's no one who has anything in their life that would prevent them from coming to faith in Jesus because Jesus has paid the price for it on the cross. So I just want to reach out to you today. If you're watching this and you're thinking that you're someone who is not worthy of being part of the church or would be have too much sin in your life to come in to be in, in a relationship with God or or that you have hit some obstacle in coming into a relationship with God that there is no obstacle that Jesus Christ has made a way for you to be united with God to be united and to belong in the family of God and that there's nothing that can stop you being included in that if you just believe that Jesus Christ was the son of God that he's that he's paid the price for your sins so I just want to give you an opportunity to respond now, just as we said. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if, if you have been impacted by anything you've heard today about, about the Christian life, I would love you to pray this prayer with me and just say it after me. And it really goes along these lines. Sorry, thank you, please. So let's pray. So repeat after me, Lord. Jesus, I am sorry for the sin in my life that has separated me from you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in my place so that my sins may be forgiven. Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I would love you to get in touch with us on the email address at the bottom of the screen. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to encourage you in your new faith and provide you with some resources free of charge to encourage you along the way. So just to recap, as we think about going out to be uh, salt and light to the community around us, this passage has taught us to be people who are not afraid who follow the call to go, who are humble when we need to be humble, who are bold when we need to be bold, and who preach a gospel that's for everyone, not just for those who look like us, but for everyone, no matter what's going on in their life, that we go to them 